The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org. And I firmly believe that our faith, our impact in the world begins at home. And this family worship time, these few moments of bumbling, stumbling family prayer, bumbling, stumbling family Bible, it's the spiritual engine that powers the family. Like millions of others, the Reno family is spending lots of time together at home. Coming up on First Person, Rob Reno of Visionary Families talks about how to make the most of the extra time we have with each other. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Stay with us for the conversation to come. As we all struggle with life during this pandemic, we're also seeing opportunities to serve one another. Overseas, the Far East Broadcasting Company continues to serve its listeners with programs that promote good, healthy practices, but also proclaim the gospel message that faith in Christ gives hope in the midst of the darkest circumstances. All through these days of shutdowns and crisis, FEBC's programs have not missed a beat in giving the world the good news. To find out more and help FEBC in the cause, please visit febc.org. Rob Reno is an author and speaker and the founder of Visionary Families. Like parents everywhere, he and his wife are trying to make the most of this time with their family and help ours at the same time. I reached Rob via Skype and asked him how they're doing. I think we're like a lot of other folks. We are just trying to navigate this uh, this new world. We've got seven kids. We've got two in college, two in high school, one middle school, two in elementary school. So we've got the the challenges on on all those fronts. It's a whole new world for our college students and then online school. Um, we've done a lot of homeschooling over the years, but every, we're all homeschooling now in one capacity uh, or another. Right. Uh, last week, our six-year-old um, had a fever and sore throat for three days, and then our 10-year-old just got done with four days of it. And you know, under normal circumstances, right? You get a little kid who's sure. sick, man, sore throat and fever, no big deal. Uh, but in these times, your anxiety level, right, is is high and, and worried. What you know? What is this? And praise God, uh, whatever they had, their symptoms were mild and they're all better now. But um, new times, and it's stretching all of us relationally. And uh, for those of us as Christ followers, uh, it's, it's by necessity deepening our faith. Well, trusting God is no longer like a Sunday school thing, right? It's yeah. something we need to do very literally every day. Yeah. Well, like most Americans right now and many people around the world, we're communicating online. So I appreciate your time today. It's not like you have a lot more to do, though, is it? I mean, <laughs> it's interesting schedule wise, isn't it? Like my, my appointments are few and far between. Uh, but with all the demands of, of home, sometimes I feel like it's even more chaotic than it used to be. Yeah. But you have, you said, seven children and they're all at home now because even the college kids are home? We've got one college kid that's still extracting himself from uh, from college uh, life and, and academics and unpacking his dorm room, uh, but he'll be home before Easter. All right. So you run the whole gamut from the young to the college age. Let's talk about those older young adults now, the the college age, the high school seniors. I know you've given some thought to this. They, they really have a, a sense of loss over all this, don't they? Yeah. And this was something that really took me off guard. I uh, didn't, didn't see this coming. This, this whole virus event, the quarantining, the shutting down of the schools has impacted our older kids uh, far more significantly than our younger ones. Again, I've got a six-year-old. 
my six-year-old thinks that it's like just family time all the time. He's, <laughs> he's thrilled. He doesn't have any clue what's going on. Um, and then I think about my life and, and an adult life, if you will. My life is just sort of on pause, uh, my normal life, if you will, mm-hmm. my traveling, seminars, and speaking. Uh, I have every confidence that, that the, our country, the world, is going to emerge from this, just like we've emerged from previous pandemics. You know, my, my normal life is going to get back to business. But my uh, college students and my high school senior, they're experiencing some losses that aren't going to come back. Mm. The, the final semester, the sports seasons, which were going to be very meaningful uh, to them, even things like uh, prom or just events with their friends. And, and with all this online school, here's the way my kids talk about online school to me. They're like, Dad, it's double the work and none of the fun. <laughs> and um, the bottom line, and I didn't see this coming, is they have been discouraged, depressed, and down. And sometimes I don't parent very well through that. Sometimes my attitude, if I've got a mopey kid, I'm like, hey, come on, snap out of it. We need to have a good attitude around here, just something unhelpful, you know, like that. And I think some of the things that God is is teaching me right now is, especially with those older ones, who are experiencing some grief and loss and sadness and even the anger that goes with grief, uh, I think God's trying to help me have a more uh, empathetic approach with them where it's, yeah, I can understand your feelings on that. You know, if I were in your shoes, I'd be pretty down and discouraged about that too. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about, let me, you know, tell me more about, about how you're feeling. Yeah. Well, even things like uh, graduation ceremonies, I mean, for high school seniors, for instance, the loss of the, I don't know what's going to be done about that in cases around the country, but th- there's a sense of loss. I mean, you, we think of our high school graduation as sort of a rite of passage, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And again, a lot of those things are up in the air, right? A lot of schools are uh, holding on in hopes that in May things can happen. Uh, other schools just canceling or moving things to to August, my my eldest son. We were just talking about him a moment ago. He um, uh, is a college baseball player, and they're talking about Senior Day for the college baseball team. And the proposal was to have Senior Day next spring back at the school, hmm. um, which is fine, right? It is it is what it is. But what a bizarre um, what a bizarre thing. And I, I my point is is that everybody in our families is going to be impacted emotionally by this in different ways. You know, this, this past weekend after whatever it was, 10 days of, of stay at home here in Illinois, you know, our family, we kind of hit our breaking point relationally. Amy and I had a terrible 24 hours. The kids had a terrible 24 hours. Let's be honest. Um, huh? <laughs> yeah. Everybody was just, was just done. And, and it's understandable. You know, you put in a, in our house, you put nine sinful people together under the same roof. You get a lot of sin, so we're a pretty a pretty needy group, and and needing got really God's grace and mercy in our home right now. Yeah, well, you're investing your life in helping families grow closer together and draw to the Lord as well. This is a this is kind of an opportunity, isn't it, for families? Well, there's no question about that. We we know that God has purposes in all this. I mean, the big theological question is, of course, why is God allowing this? What are his purposes in this? If God is good, there's a lot of answers to that question that we don't have. We don't know God's uh, mysterious will in allowing suffering like this, but there are some answers to the question that we can, I can say for absolute sure. I know for hundred percent fact, God wants us to use this time to grow in our love for him, our love for our family members and our love for our neighbors. No question about it. I can guarantee you that that's something that God wants to do. And and we don't want to miss that opportunity. This opportunity to be with 
family in a, in a really unique setting. And one of the things we talk to families a lot about, I mean, our number one call to families is to grow in family worship in the home, family prayer, family Bible. Uh, lots of families have good intentions about that. They say, ah, it's probably a good idea for us to pray more and have the Bible open more. Well, all the excuses are gone now, right? There's nowhere to go. You're not allowed out of the house for most of us, um, except for, you know, essential trips and things like that. Uh, and there's a, a, a great neediness uh, for our families to draw close to God, to get spiritual food from the Lord through our time in God's word and through our prayer time together. So a lot of our ministry right now is focused on helping families. You know, how do we pray and read the Bible at home uh, without killing each other? That's yeah. uh, mission yeah. one right now. Well, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a lot of creative things going on. Facebook Live and videos that families are producing. Keith and Kristen Getty are doing a, a family hymn sing where their little girls get together with them every week on Facebook Live and sing together to promote family worship. Those yes. kinds of creative things, are that's the very thing that we ought to be thinking about and, and doing with our families during this, this set-aside time. Right. Amen. Well, the, the scripture that changed my life changed our family uh, is Deuteronomy chapter six. You know, the first 10 years uh, of my married life, um, we had four children those first 10 years. I did not have any vision or passion or plan to lead my family spiritually. I was a youth pastor. And so my focus was on uh, helping other people's yeah, kids. Everybody else's family, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and not mine. And the scripture that absolutely changed my life was Deuteronomy chapter six. Jesus says, this is the great commandment, most important commandment in the Bible. Um, if folks have been around church, they'll be familiar with it. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments I give to you today are to be upon your hearts. And then God speaks to parents and grandparents and the home. And he says, teach them diligently to your children. That's the word of God, the things of God, and talk about them when you sit at home. And once I, I, I saw this great commandment, love God with all your heart. And then what the action step, where does God want me to start by in loving him? It's talk about the things of God at home with my family. And I firmly believe that our, our faith, our impact in the world begins at home. And, and this family worship time, these few moments of bumbling, stumbling family prayer, bumbling, stumbling family Bible, it, it's the engine, the spiritual engine that powers the family. We'll continue talking with Rob Reno of Visionary Families about life during the shutdown coming up on First Person. I so enjoyed listening to the message that FEBC shared on the internet recently, although I cannot attend church or any meetings during this epidemic. I am finding peace and learning so much through your programs. Praise the Lord. FEBC is dedicated to taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. To learn more, please visit febc.org. That's febc.org. The Far East Broadcasting Company, until all have heard. My guest is Rob Reno. Rob is the founder of Visionary Family Ministries. We'll put a link to that and the resources that Rob offers at our website, firstpersoninterview.com. You'll be able to read all about it. And you have a new book coming out uh, in a couple of months called Healing Family Relationships. So obviously you saw this crisis coming, right, Rob? And, and you wrote in anticipation of it. I'm sure that's the case, right? Yeah, well, um, in the providence of God, this, uh, this new resource coming out, you know, every family is messed up. Every family has got problems. 
as I said before, you put sinful people under the same roof, together you get a lot of sin. And so the, the Christian family has got to become an expert in giving and receiving forgiveness. And in our 25 years of family ministry, I'll be honest with you, I've found that some of the some of the Christian teaching on forgiveness uh, comes across a little superficial and a little pat answery, almost a, a sweep it under the rug, just sort of take the high road a, a approach to things and doesn't really follow the, the biblical, practical, little more realistic steps of, of how do we seek peace and reconciliation in these difficult family relationships. So that book will be coming out in June. It is on Amazon right now as a uh, pre-order, Healing Family Relationships. And I think a lot of us will be uh, needing some of those biblical principles as we come through this, uh, this extra time with family, which is extra blessed and extra hard. Yeah, there's some challenges uh, connected with this whole thing, isn't there? Well, uh, we've all been talking to our families, our kids, those with uh, young children, of course, have been trying to explain what's going on. Um, How's that worked for you? And what are you saying to your kids about the coronavirus and what the world is going through with this pandemic? Well, we're trying to have some of those theological conversations with them to talk about um, how God is in control. And when we say that, it does sound Sunday schooly, right? It does sound sort of pat answery, but to really press down on that. See, we, we tend to think of God like us. So if we're panicked and afraid, well, of course, God must be panicked and afraid, but he, he's not like us. And we, we were even talking with our six-year-old about this virus, and he didn't know what a virus is. So you're trying to give the science lesson to him about, well, it's this microscopic little bit, and there's all there's trillions and millions of them around the world that gets in your body. And, and you don't want to frighten them with that explanation. Yeah, exactly. And so he's like, so we can't see these? I'm like, no, we can't see them. He's like, but does God see them? Yeah, God sees them. Does God know where the virus is? And yeah, God knows where every bit, right, of the virus is. And he he's in control of history. So we just talk about that and we talk about how we can trust him. But then we also talk about anxiety with our children. We, one of the things we did at the dinner table a couple weeks ago was just to go around to say, hey, is there anything you're anxious about? Anything you're fearful about right now? was very interesting to hear and we don't we don't force our kids to talk if they don't want to talk but just interesting to hear things that they were anxious about that I really wouldn't have known if I hadn't have asked the question they shared some things that I didn't know about and then we go to Philippians chapter 4 where God gives us some instructions for what to do when we're anxious right don't be anxious about anything and that that command always seems a little interesting to me God says don't be anxious I'm like okay well I am anxious all right <laughs> but then there's the uh, the at the remedy if you will. But if you are anxious, you pray, and there's a specific way to pray, with thanksgiving, you present your request to God, and then you ask for God, the the peace of God, which passes understanding to guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So that just took us into a prayer time to say, okay, let's pray. First thing we're going to do is give God thanks. Give God thanks for our family. We're going to give God thanks for his provision. Thanks for his sovereignty. But then we're going to be honest with him. We're going to tell him we're anxious. We're going to tell him we're fearful, and we're going to ask for uh, his peace to guard our hearts and guard our minds. Something else we can instruct our children in is how to use this time where everyone is afraid and and also have needs, how we can use this time to love our neighbor and to reach out. Is there anything you and your family have been able to do in that regard? Yeah, I'll tell you, Amy did something really simple, um, which which has made a big impact. She just sent a group text out to the neighbors. It's interesting. A lot of people are out walking. You, people are meeting neighbors that didn't even know there were their neighbors. Yeah. 
And Amy sent a text to about just 12 people just saying, hey, I think it'd be good if we had a, a group text open and, and available so that if you have prayer needs, we can pray for each other. If you have physical needs, if you, you're sick, maybe you can't get out or you want a, a sterilized delivery at your doorstep for something. But just a simple thing like that to communicate to your neighbors, you do care, you're available for prayer, you're available for practical help. Another thing uh, we did the other day, and we were encouraged by a friend to do this, thought it was a great idea to send handwritten notes to people you've been thinking about. How often do you get a handwritten note these days? I don't know if I recall how to do a handwritten note. (laughs) (laughs) And we sat down and we did that. We said, all right, everybody, we're just going to take 15 minutes. Think of somebody you'd like to write a note to. We got out the paper and the pens. The kids are like, what is this? Uh, And uh, teaching them where the stamp goes and all those things. Uh, but just trying to think, okay, Lord, I know that you want us to grow right in love for neighbor, and that can be neighbor next door, uh, but that can also be those around the world. Uh, for those that are in the situation where they can give financially to ministries like Samaritan's Purse or other ministries that are on the front lines of caring for uh, folks around the world that are affected by this, I think it's a very important thing for believers to be doing right now. Yeah. I didn't ask if you normally homeschool at all, but everybody's a homeschooler right now, right? Uh, what are you attempting to do, and how's it working out for your family? Um, we have homeschooled over the years with our kids. Uh, we've also done a little bit of, a, I guess you call it a hybrid model. There are some great resources here in the Chicago area. So our, our younger kids have attended a, a ministry called The Greenhouse, which is like a, a one-day-a-week Christian school. Uh, there's a Christian high school in town where our kids have been able to go part-time and full-time. So we've sort of hybridized our mm-hmm. our educational plan. I think that there, during this time, when everybody's homeschooling, there is, there is a lot of academic stress on students, and there's an academic stress on parents. For parents that have had their kids in full-time school outside the house, they now feel like they're sort of in charge, and they've got these lesson plans, and they've got to be working their kids through math and working their kids through all this. Our counsel to families right now is do your best with the academics. Okay, it's important. Hang in there. But far more important right now for these two weeks, six weeks, whatever the amount is that that we're going to be in our homes, far more important right now are our relationships and our spiritual growth. Uh, You are 10 years from now, nobody's going to be kicking themselves because they didn't keep their kids nose to the grindstone with their grammar or whatever it is. That's not the window of opportunity that we have right now. The window of opportunity we have right now is an extraordinary chance to go deeper with the Lord, go deeper into his word and to create heart connections, heart connections with our kids that can last a lifetime for them and ripple into future generations. Hmm. How about some ideas? Um, Again, we're a few weeks into this now, and maybe mom and dad are running out of ideas of what they can do as a family. If your family's musically inclined, you know, that can be an outlet. Um, I know families who have put together creative videos and done all sorts of things like that. What have you and your family been able to do? What are some of your ideas for all of us? Yeah, well, the music one's a great idea. Uh, In my family, there are eight uh, musically gifted people and one odd man out. <laughs> and, and that would be <laughs> dad, let, right? <laughs> let the listeners decide. I can make a joyful noise to the Lord, right? God likes it when I sing, but people don't. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll pull people together for singing. But you know, one of the things we'll often do with, with family singing, uh, if you're not particularly musically inclined, is ask one of your, your kids to pick 
uh, a worship song on YouTube, one of those songs that's got the lyrics on the screen, and just put it up on the screen and sing along to that. Uh, if you've got real little ones, you may have a little bin of instruments, little maracas and little drums, little uh, things that they would enjoy. Bring them out. It may not be a, a symphony of, of beauty to your ears, but God will sure uh, God will sure love it. Yeah. Something fun that we'll do during our family worship time, and again, that our little ones love this, we just do Bible charades, which is uh, pick a history from the Bible. We call them histories, not stories, so that the kids understand there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, pick a history from the Bible. You all come and act it out for us, and we'll, we'll try to guess what it is. They, they choose a lot of ones where people die. At, at first, you'd be like, oh, well, that helps narrow it down. But so many people die in the Bible some battle scene. It doesn't really narrow it down charades wise, but those are just fun things that we do to try to get uh, some worship going through music and and get our attention on God's word. Yeah. Well, Rob, as we begin to wrap up here, we all are going through this together and we want to see the opportunity to, uh, to share the Lord with people and to encourage people through this whole thing. But just tell me from your heart, how, how are you feeling about all of this? I'll tell you something, the Lord's been doing in my life the last two or three months, and I I maybe am seeing some reasons why, just convicting me that I have not been thinking about and talking about eternity enough. My focus is here. My focus is on life here, family here, ministry here, and that's a good thing. But you know, if you go through the New Testament and you look for this word hope, and that's something that I think we're in desperate need of right now, you look for this word hope, Almost every time in the New Testament you find the word hope, it's connected to heaven. It's connected to the truth that this world is not our home. This body is not my body for the long term. This is a a temporary body that I've got, and because of sin, I am going to get sick. I am going to die. I I pray it's not now. I don't know when that's going to be, but but unless Jesus comes back, every one of these bodies is going to die. And the as we think about that and take that seriously, our, our hearts and minds are supposed to turn to eternity. They're supposed to turn to what's next. One, one thought, our hearts and minds need to be on our true home. And when they are, when we are focused on eternity, when we are focused on life with Christ forever, then we become the, the greatest servants of God here. We understand that this world's not our home. We understand that this is an opportunity. You know why the world is freaking out? Because the world needs Christ. If you don't have Christ, you are terrified of this. Why? Because you might get sick and die. That's the worst case scenario if you don't know Christ. If you do know Christ, that's not the worst case scenario because we know where we're going and we know uh, what the Lord has planned for us. So it's an opportunity for our heart to grow in love and care for those who don't know Christ. Well, thanks for listening. Our guest, Rob Reno, is an author and speaker. You'll find links to his visionary family ministry at firstpersoninterview.com. His new book, Healing Family Relationships, will be out soon and is available for pre-order at Amazon. During these difficult days surrounding COVID-19, let's remember to pray for the people who are serving us in the fields of health care, emergency services, necessary retail, trucking, and so many other vital ways. And we pray for those whose health has been compromised or who have lost loved ones to this pandemic. Thank you to the Far East Broadcasting Company for the support making these interviews possible. FEBC's many staff members around the world are serving listeners with helpful programs via radio and the Internet, and they deserve our thanks. Learn more at febc.org. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Stay safe and join us next time for First Person. First Person.